It's time for two blokes talking tech. I just think technology is awesome. Good advice for anyone who is looking for a laptop. With all the latest news and information about technology. Now that, that's the guy. <laughs> it's so hard to take a bad photo now with these cameras. I brilliant. think that stuff is just brilliant. It is something that people really need to look at. Two blokes talking tech. Haven't we got the best jobs in the world? We have. <laughs> we absolutely have the best job. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. I love talking technology. And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Do you really need a 10 megapixel camera to take those images? I'd say not. Two blokes talking tech. Embrace those little ideas there. Have a look around and, and ask questions. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. I'm Trevor Long. This is episode three of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Steve, g'day, mate. Hello, Trev. How's it going? Awesome, mate. Now, uh, people listening can download the podcast every week. Uh, subscribe via iTunes. It's in the new and noteworthy section, so nice and easy to find. Uh, hopefully, we get some ratings and rankings and plenty of downloads there and uh, on the website, twoblokestalkingtech.com. Your website, mate, is techguide.com.au. Plenty happening this week, and we'll cover that all very shortly. Um, and importantly, if you want to get in touch with us, you can also go to the website, Two Blokes Talking Tech, send us an email, uh, give us feedback on the show, and uh, let us know the things you're interested in. But it's all about Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, Trevor, I know you're a, you're a bit of a cars man, are you Love not? my cars. You, you, you love your motoring, don't you? Now, mate, don't hate me when I tell you this, okay? But Nokia... Uh, Gave me a little challenge uh, to do to do with their navigation. Now they're big in their navigation. They're moving in that direction, and uh, their car kits. And they actually gave me a Ferrari F four thirty to drive for a week. Listen, Steve, so, you have done nothing on this. Or I've not seen any tweets, any anything. But <laughs> but here's the thing: you think you're sitting here telling me that you're some genius because you've got a Ferrari F four thirty, Stephen? Out in my driveway right now is a Porsche nine eleven Turbo convertible. No. Really? So, look, I'll grant oh, you that... He's, he's, he's me feeling bad that I've got a <laughs> hot car if you don't. I will grant you that yours is a $490,000 machine and mine's a $390,000 machine, <laughs> but uh, it's a very interesting little exercise. Talk me through how it's been for you and what you've been looking at, and, uh, well, and I'll do the same. Yeah. It's been it's been very interesting. Now it was all pretty mysterious. The whole thing we knew there was something going with Nokia and navigation, and they said, "Look, we need an hour of your time on Saturday." And I said, "Right, I'll turn up." They said, "Don't bring your car. Get dropped off or catch a cab." So I turned up in Balmain on Saturday and met up with the guys from Nokia, and they handed me a, a C7, a Nokia C7, and it obviously it, it of course had the navigation running on. They said, mm-hmm. "Right, we need to we need to navigate to this point, you know, because the the uh, Nokia navigation system lets you dr- either drive or walk to your destination, so it gives you the choice." Anyway, we were walking, and they gave me a key, and the, the, on the key was a big Ferrari logo. I'm thinking, "Whoa!" <laughs> I said, "What's that?" He goes, "Well, it's just a key at the moment." So uh, we uh, we walked to the destination they set in the uh, in the C7, and lo and behold, about 250 meters down the road was a bright red Ferrari <laughs> F430, and they were filming me and everything. They had me mic'd up because they're going to put their video together for the website. And I think the smile on my face when I saw that car was uh, the biggest I've ever produced, mate. I and it, it almost. Identical exercise, and from what I can understand, how having been through it, uh, they, they, there's five cars running around the city, and one of them was actually given to a punter from Facebook to to do the exact same thing, and it was the same for me, mate. It was just um, the guy said to me, "Where do I meet you? What's the walking interest?" And I'm like, "Mate, aren't you bringing a car?" Because he said I had to have my license. 
So I'm like, I'm not walking anywhere. What's going on here? When I turned up, I said, well, well, I've got an hour. They said, look, we need an hour of your time. I said, okay, so I suppose you're just going to let me drive this car home. Yes. And then the guy said, no, no, this is your car for the week. And <laughs> I'm think, I couldn't believe it. I think, are you sure? He goes, yeah, not a problem. And, and the, the smile got even bigger and... By this time, there was a crowd gathering too, because we're in the middle of Balmain. All the coffee shops are packed, and people are walking past. And there's a bright, there's a massive bright red Ferrari there. Everyone's everyone's looking at it. So it was it was quite the experience. But they they plotted my home address on the navigation, and they said, "Right, away you go." And then I was off, and the Nokia w- was uh, giving me turn by turn directions through the the CK200 car kit as well. So that gives you a chance to look at the display. There's a display on the dashboard that the hmm. separate on the CK200, are probably similar in yours. Yep, and a little. A little a, a a little toggle down the bottom, so you don't actually have to touch the phone. No, you you, you navigate all the features through this little little uh, little little uh, connection down the bottom. That's right. And the CK two hundred has has the ability to show your, your phone book. Uh, you can you can read messages on there, so the the phone can be a long way away. And it's a it's a very simple connection between the two. As, t- as soon as you turn the car in on, because it's wired into the car. It yeah. makes the Bluetooth connection. Uh, I, I thought just alone that little device because I've seen one before. It was it was a Sony Ericsson or something, just a little you know, on dash display. And you, there's not many of those around. This is a no. good way to have a Bluetooth kit because well, you can it's control it. Yeah, a good exactly. Idea because you buy a phone and and the, the car kit. I think most of the manufacturers literally leave you to your own devices. You've mm. got to find your own Bluetooth kit. You know, whatever brand you want to look for, but I think Nokia have uh, done well with the, with this. Uh, it, everything integrates together. And today, I'm sure. Did you have a challenge again today? Yes. I had to. I had to meet up again over. I had to go to Mossman, and the guys met me up, and then I had to navigate to down to Balmoral Beach, and there was a guy. Because did you find a? I found a locked briefcase yeah. in my car. Did you find in, the same thing? in the in the bonnet, <laughs> the trunk? Yeah, well, same the bonnet, uh, which the, is actually the boot of the Porsche. <laughs> there was a locked, uh, a little black lock box, and it had a uh, literally a padlock on it, and. Yes. Uh, so I've met them this morning, and um, the 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 this is the uh, actually this is the most um, interesting thing I saw about the whole Ovi Maps Nokia experience. When when he said to me, he said, "Now just open up your Nokia, uh, turn on Ovi Maps, and click synchronize." And I went, mm, "Okay." So I've synchronized. So what's happened is, without being on my phone, they've been on the internet and they've typed in an address into places, and that's synchronized with my phone so that when I go into a saved place, there's a location. I've clicked on it, and it's navigated me to that location. So I haven't had to enter an address. They've entered it beforehand, and I've been able to synchronize it wirelessly over the air. I've got there, and there's a bloke holding another key, which opens (laughs) up a lockbox, and that's where um, they they brought me the, um, the Bluetooth... Headsets, which the are the BH noise cancelling headsets, is that I had? That's what I had in mind as well. BH nine hundred five eyes, and they Very are smart. beautiful, beautiful yeah. headsets. Do they give you the CD as well? Yes, they gave me the CD, and I put it into the car stereo system, and they turned the volume way up. So mm. it was a very there was loud music playing in the car, above even the loud engine noise. Yep, and they and I had to make a phone call with these headsets because it had the noise cancellation, and I was able to hear that phone call. Very clearly, despite all the loud music and all the other ambient noise, and uh, I, it did the trick. And, and because they're Bluetooth, I, there was a microphone, and I could make my call and hear it quite clearly. Did you have the same experience? Absolutely. And you know, I've used those noise cancelling headphones as you have many, many times, probably uh-huh. in the um, in in planes and things like that. But to actually have a, a loud CD playing in a car and make a phone call was quite an interesting experience. And so the whole point there was that the phone call was made, and that was uh, to indicate the final destination and, and the end of the challenge. Which was look. 
generally... Where was your final destination? They uh, said, I'm going to the Playboy Mansion. Is that where you're going? <laughs> well, I'm meeting up at the Royal <laughs> Automobile Club on Friday evening. For I a... am as well, Trev. I'm oh. just pulling your leg there, mate. I know we, we both had the same experience this week. I'm just I feel, checking, I feel I'm just checking that you're, you're, you're coming. Include. But uh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll we're going to rock up. My Ferrari, mate. You uh, you won't miss me. Yeah, well, you you might miss me. I'll blend in a bit in the city in a black Porsche. But uh, I think if people go to uh, facebook.com forward slash Nokia Australia, there's some YouTube videos there of the event. There is, in fact, an, an event invitation for the Royal Automobile Club. Uh, it says by RSVP only, but they talk about it, you know, RSVP here. So, I don't know. Check it out and go to Nokia Australia on Facebook. But I'm um, looking forward to seeing you on Friday night, mate, and we'll uh, compare cars. I'm happy Absolutely. to concede, Stephen, that the Ferrari is a more expensive and probably a better-looking car. But let well, me tell you this. I've driven <laughs> a Ferrari a 360 and a Ferrari Californian and a Porsche Boxster around a, a what it was basically a racetrack. Yep. The Porsche is the best handling motor vehicle in the world. Really? Full stop. Well, you haven't, you haven't driven the F430, I've got to say, mate. <laughs> Formula One engine in it and everything. And Whatever. Let's just say the streets around my area, I won't, I won't name the area, <laughs> has uh, seen a red flash <laughs> red flash past them many a time. Thankfully, <laughs> this is going to be available for, for you know from tomorrow and there's probably a statute of limitations that police can do anything, but I didn't speed, I promise, but the Galston Gorge, well, let's just say I got I got across to Galston quicker than I normally do in a Mazda, so it was very good. Anyway, it was a great experience, and if you want to check it out, go to Nokia Australia on Facebook or uh, check the hashtag Nokia Nav on Twitter um, and have a look at all the cars and all those kind of things. It was a great experience, and thank you to Nokia, and we'll, we'll both write about it and all that sort of stuff on, on our website. Stay tuned to techguide.com.au, no doubt, for the very latest yep. and, and all the information. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, mate, a very interesting story came up this week, or in fact today, um, yep. that the, the Australian government are looking at um, censoring or rating I, iPhone and iPad apps, basically applications on the Apple iTunes Store. Oh, now, the, the whole concept here is that computer games, to be to be able to be sold in this country must be rated by the, you know, classification board. So right. we, we've the op- heard... The Office of Film and Literature Classification. Is that's right. They're the people that, that when you go to the movies, you think they do nothing because it says this film is, <laughs> is yet to be classified. I'm like, well, geez, how hard is it to watch a movie? They're too busy playing the game. Exactly. Um, so there's been some interesting uh, decisions of late to, to ban some games because in Australia we have no uh, R18 classification, so games can't be, can't be rated pa- past true. M15 plus or whatever it's called. Uh, M15. So, um, so on iTunes, what Apple were doing the ratings, were they? Is that well, what Apple was happening until this now? This is the or? thing. Apple don't rate them. They just they just categorise them. So they don't say... All Apple do is say it's it meets their criteria. Um, you know, uh-huh. So there's not going to be pornography in them or anything like that. But the issue is, I guess, deathly violence and things like that. I don't... Yep. I've got to be honest. I can't imagine there's a single game on the iTunes store that would even come near refuse classification. I think... Oh, I the- agree. But there are there are some games that, are, that, that can be... That, that involve fighting and, and sword play and things like that. So Grand I think Theft Auto. That, yeah. So I think parents need to be aware of that. And, and that's where, as the case is with console games, the, the classification board then has to come in and rate them. 
That's right. Uh, and give it, uh, whether it's G, PG, MA15, M, MA15+. And I don't think it's about, um, you know, nanny state. or People are whinging to high heaven, and I'm, I'll be completely honest. I think it's a, a complete beat-up that people are going on about the nanny state, and they're running polls yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Look, well, if you're a yeah. parent, you understand that you, you want to have some sort of understanding. I can't play every game, so I need to be able to look at something at, at a glance and say, hang on a minute, that's like that's PG yeah. or it's MA. Uh, that, why, why is that a bad thing? Thing. That's why we have classification. I don't, I don't think so, but uh, you mentioned earlier the R18 plus rating, which isn't, which doesn't exist That's in right. Australia. Australia is one of the few developed countries that doesn't have an R18 rating. Hmm. Now, I think people, that there's been some confusion over this issue, Trevor. I've written a lot about this in the past couple of years. Now, yep. a lot of people think, well, the, the reason the gamers and people are rallying to get this R18 rating. They, some people wrongly think that it's because we want to get more blood and guts and sex in the games. That's no, not the case at, not all. at all. I think no. the, the, the gamers who want this rating and the industry as one want this rating is so that it's on the same level as film classification That's right. and gives it equal footing as other legitimate forms of entertainment, which yep. gaming is. Yep, absolutely. And, and we all know that the majority of gamers are actually well over 18. The people that want to play... The average, average age of a game is 30. That's right. So and getting older. Look, my, the bottom line here is that I don't have a problem with the iTunes store being rated. I think it's a nightmare because there's 100 or 200 or 300,000 apps there. And how do they define what they're going to rate? Because you can't rate every app. It's, it can only be games. And uh, yeah. how do you define a game? There's a lot of issues around this. But in general terms, I don't have a problem with it. But we need this classification review to go through. And we need an R18 plus classification urgently in this country. Um, and from that point on, we can have classification through the roof. I've got no problem with it whatsoever. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Are you a tennis fan, Trev? Mate, I'm a, I'm a Grand Slam man. I, I, in fact, I went to the Australian Open this year. It was brilliant. Uh, and I normally watch you know, the finals and when an Aussie's playing. Uh, I used to love the Pat Rafter days, that kind of stuff. Fantastic. So you were at the Australian Open, so you, you saw tennis live, and, and you know, so being you were the, literally the, there, so you saw it in 3D. Exactly. In the front row, too, which I'll admit was, was, a, was a pleasure, and I was down there with Optus, so I should declare that, um, yes. but it was, it was unbelievable, because when you're sitting on a, on a corner, and you know, they, they, they serve across court, the, the, the balls come so fast, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. You don't really appreciate that, do you? Unless you're unless you're there. But no. uh, an interesting development during the week uh, I found was that Wimbledon are going to broadcast the men's semi-final, men's final, and women's final in 3D this year. Stephen, we have a different opinion on 3D. <laughs> we <not>. do, <laughs> but I think that you know, sport is going to be one of the drivers. I think that's going to sell a lot of 3D TVs this year. True, true. Sport, the, the, last year we saw a blaze of, of 3D sets coming out. The whole, all the, the novelty of the, the new technology, and there was just not much content to go with it. Apart from State of Origin series, there were no movies. The FIFA World Cup had some games in 3D, and people that, that shelled out those extra few hundred dollars for a 3D TV were left a little bit thinking, "Well, what have I got myself into here?" But I think this year you're going to see a lot more content. There's already movies available in 3D, more sports being planned, and now Wimbledon. Now, for a, such a traditional uh, tournament, you know, the All England Lawn Tennis Club is the mm. most traditional club in the world. So <laughs> to see them make that move and move into the 3D world to allow their broadcast, it was a deal struck between Sony and the All England Club. So I'm sure no money changed are, hands there. Oh, well, I think uh, that goes without saying, I think, Trev. But Look, it's in oh, here's my problem. I don't think that... that 
the tennis can be best represented by 3D when you look at the way generally tennis is shown. So what you've got to do, and I've said this before and no one's listening to me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Neville, but you need to have some 3D, some 2D. So what you do is you shoot that wide shot, which is, you know, the whole of court in 2D, and then you yep. shoot those you're down on the court where the player is in 3D, so it just blows yeah. your mind. Don't shoot the wide shot in, you know, in 3D. The corner you mentioned where you're sitting so mm. where you can see the serve coming towards you, I think that would be pretty cool to watch in 3D. Oh, it would be interesting to see how they shoot it. Now, 3D last year, we saw the state of origin. Now, Channel 9 yep. and Harvey Norman, were, were they backed it heavily because yeah, they wanted to sell 3D TVs and it was in their best interest to promote it as best they can, and they did. But... Channel 9 actually brought in a special crew to shoot that state of origin in 3D because the normal rules with 2D broadcasting didn't apply. I think the whole way that the cameras had to pan and the speed of their the camera movement and all of these things had to be done a certain way because I don't know whether you've watched much 3D, but if you see things moving quite quickly on a 3D screen, it could it could make you go a little bit dizzy. And One word, headache. Well, that's another thing, but hmm. I think that the, for, to see Wimbledon say, well, we're going to have board, a go, yeah. we're going to go in 3D, I think it's a step in the right direction. Like, I'm a fan of 3D. I know you're not a huge fan, but I think the right content on a 3D TV is terrific. Oh, if I you agree. watch a good movie in 3D, if you, you can watch, bring that home and watch that in the comfort of your own home, in your home theatre, 3D, I think that's a winner. 20, I think we need to see more content, though. 2011's going to be a challenge because they, we need to make sure the free-to-airs get access to that spectrum again so that they can do free-to-air 3D broadcasts once again. Without free-to-air 3D broadcasts, we're relying purely on games, movies, and Foxtel, and that's not enough to grow the industry. So we'll have to wait and see, but uh, it will be interesting uh, come June when the All England Club go 3D. Now, remiss of me, Steve, not to mention the great people at Netgear at the top of the show uh, come on board as a sponsor, and we thank them uh, for their support. Netgear, great. Netgear, uh, thank you very much. Networking and connectivity products. I've got a stack of them. It's kind of the way I connect in the house. I've got a Netgear modem, Netgear router, Netgear storage, and then I... We need it. Or everyone's going wireless. Can you have you? Uh, I, I, like I think not having a wireless network is like when you were a kid. We never had a telephone. Like everyone's got to have oh, yeah. a telephone. Too. I think everyone needs to have wireless. Now. It's 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 a crucial thing in any home now, especially if you've got kids. My God, and if you've got oh, any yeah. other device like an iPad or a, or an iPhone, and if you've got a wireless network, you can do things like connect your TV to that network using a thing like a Netgear Universal Wi-Fi extender. It's a simple little device. Gets its power from USB on the TV. Plugs straight into the Ethernet on the TV and the touch of the button connects to your Wi-Fi network and you're accessing internet content straight from your TV. There's no better way to do it. Um, so Netgear are the people to go. Netgear.com.au and you can get them at all good retailers. Now, mate, I did see a story today um, on the Australian Business Traveller website, which is a great website, happy to, to say. I, um, David Flynn, who's a, who's a good mate of both of ours, uh, yes, set is, it yeah. up recently. Australian Business Traveller, I think it's... Uh, Oh, I don't know, actually, the address. Australian Business Traveller. Just search for it on Oz, Google. Ozbt.com.au. Ozbt. You're yeah. a good man. And and I saw them today. They had a, a sneak peek at the Jetstar iPad in-flight entertainment. So what's happening here is on you know in the future, in some selected flights, Jetstar are going to make available iPads as your in-flight entertainment. Now, I'm, I've got to get Great my head idea. around this. I've got to get my head around this because the screenshots I've seen don't look like an iPad. They don't have the standard apps 
So they've either come to some arrangement with Apple or they've developed something that allows you to bypass the normal you know, I, I, iPhone, iPad interface. But essentially, yeah. it looks exactly the same. It's just different icons. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a movie library, a sound library, a, a music library, a, all those kind of things, just at the yeah. touch of a button. And here's what's smart. They're putting a battery pack on it so it'll last 20 hours. That's a good idea. So it, it sounds like they've customized the, the interface for their yeah. own needs. And an iPad on a plane is a great idea. I don't get on a plane without my iPad. I think that's the, it, it is my own in-flight entertainment system whenever I travel on those long trips, you know, especially those long trips to the US. Uh, the iPad is indispensable device for those kinds no, of flights. No, it is. Jetstar, good move there. Yep, and I think it'll be interesting to see how, how successful it is. Um, people talked when they first rumoured about it that uh, it'd be a theft issue. They're going to have RFID on it, so essentially it's going to come in <laughs> it'd a be case. Tempting, wouldn't it? It'd be tempting to slip well, it into your carry-on I mean, and try to get off the plane with it. But a few hundred bucks worth. It might get tackled to the ground by the air marshal, Trev. But, but you know, the good thing about a plane is it's, it's, a, it's, it's there's only one exit or two at the best, but uh, all they've got to do is have those you know very basic, uh, like in-store, you know, the, the beepers that go off. Fair There'll enough. be an RFID tag on it and off you go. Maybe it'll give you another excuse for another patent down at the airport. Oh, and another excuse to charge you some money too because um, there, there's, yeah. a, there's a thought that it's going to be $10 per flight. Now, people aren't used to paying for in-flight yeah, entertainment. That's reasonable, though. They're used to paying for food on a flight now, so another requirement is you've got to pay for your entertainment. I think Jetstar already have an in-flight entertainment system. I flew back from a couple of years ago from Hawaii with my family from on Jetstar, and they had a list of the old, boxy, old entertainment system that wasn't an iPad, but it was... Mm. The, a video player of some kind, a media player, and you had to pay for that. So I'd happily pay for an iPad on the flight. It'd be a lot sleeker, better picture, and uh, a lot lighter, easy, easy to look at. I know, I know, light iPads are a big issue for you, Trev. So it wouldn't be too heavy for you mid-flight, would it? Well, I think it'll be fine, mate, you know, because there'll probably be a, there should be a dock for it or something on the seat, don't you reckon? That'll be the way to go. I'd but say so. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think they probably have the, the headrest, little headrest uh, holder. That's right. David Flynn and the guys at um, Australian Business Traveller suggest that it'll uh, the first system will arrive on Jetstar's fleet of A320s and A321s that are currently servicing domestic routes uh, as well as flights to New Zealand and Asia. I can't imagine you're going to need the 20-hour battery life. But anyway, very interesting stuff from uh, Jetstar using iPads for in- in-flight entertainment. Now, yesterday, Trev, I headed down to uh, the Sony Sessions down at uh, the establishment. Sony, uh, I think twice a year, have their Sony Sessions, which means that they gather all the journos and, and give us a bit of a heads, heads up of, as to all the products we can expect to see this year. Now, I was lucky enough to be at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in January, so I, I did see most of these mm-hmm. products already. Uh, but it was, a great, it was a great opportunity for each of their product managers to get up and run us through the products that we to expect from Sony this year. And obviously, top of the list were their Bravia LCD TVs. Mm-hmm. And of course expanding on the 3D again, Trevor, this year. Sony will be their top-of-the-line uh, EX series and HX series will all have 3D as well as their new X-Reality Pro picture engines. Now, picture quality, according to Sony, is still the number one thing that customers look at. Not 3D, no. not internet TV. Yep. Picture quality so is still So they know one. that people are standing there looking and comparing TV side by side and going, that one looks better full stop. That's right. And I think yeah. that that is a smart move on Sony's part to emphasize that because I think last year a lot of the companies got the 3D marketing wrong. I think oh, that yeah. they put too much of an emphasis on the 3D aspect of it. Yep. And many customers, many consumers thought that it was a 3D TV only 
Whereas, it, in actual fact, it's the best 2D TV you can buy. Well, that's and the it point. Can also play 3D. It's got to be a side note, I think. I mean, I and again, I, I don't, I don't not want 3D. I just don't believe it's the absolute, you know, end of the world for uh, for TV. I just think it's a great extra thing to have, just like a USB or a you know internet connection. And that's the point. My LG TV, which you well know about, is is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful screen. And you know about just that, the yes. fact that it's a 3D TV. <laughs> Means nothing to me, but it's just great quality, and that's what it's matters. Good to have. It's mm. like it's like my Ferrari. It's good to know. <laughs> when you've, got, you've got the juice. When you got the juice, you need that juice. You know it's uh, there when you put your foot down. Anyway, yeah. moving right along. Sony. Well, we, we mentioned three D. Now, three D is not only something that we that customers have to wait for content to wait for. We can create our own three D content now. That's right. I saw, cameras, I saw some uh, cameras quarters. come through today. Uh, yeah. So uh, Sony Sony did show off their full HD 3D camcorder yesterday, uh, and it's uh, I saw that at CES. It's the uh, HDR TD10. Now it's got two lenses, so for for to take your left and right eye images, full HD down both barrels, uh, and it allows you also on the on the side on the the flip out screen, you can actually view what you've shot or what you're shooting in 3D on the fly without glasses. It's a small. Mm. 3.5 inch LCD glassless touch screen so it uh, let, lets you view uh, what you've just shot or what you're actually shooting in 3D so really? I think that's a good move there so that's kind of using the, the I don't know the the uh, Nintendo style you know glassless technology. I think, yeah, I don't know I don't know the actual term for that, but it, I call it glassless three yeah. D. Well, that that's case. smart because there's uh, no point having a three D. And I noticed, and, and we're talking about Sony, but I noticed JVC announced a full HD three D yes, camcorder today. Yes, that was and today I saw so that. So yeah. I'm going to give that. Here's what I'm going to do for you, Stephen Fennick. I'm going <laughs> to get a three D little camcorder. Uh, so like the JVC oh, to muck around yeah. with or, or Sony. Yeah. Because um, I've got a baby who's just started crawling. I've got a son who's just a madman. You're running around all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to do some family videos. Um, yep. I don't even know. How do, you, how do you edit them? I don't. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to have to work that out. But essentially, I'm going to do some videos. I'm going to look at them on the LG, and I'm going to decide once and for all, does 3D have a future? That's well, can do. you imagine? In, down the track, can you imagine your, your son's 21st? He can pull out. 3D videos that his dad shot when he was a kid. Mm. That's pretty cool. And your family memories. I mean, imagine getting if you're getting married. Would you, would you choose to have your wedding shot in 3D or not? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I, just, I think it'd be interesting. I I'm think it'd be something be that, that down the track would be something you'd look back on. And I think 3D is going to take hold in a big way in the next few years. And oh, I, I think got, that'd be a really cool, I cool got, record. But anyway, I got plenty well, of a photos. Of things from Sony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had the, all their new Cybershot cameras. Uh, what caught my eye was the T110, which is the all-weather uh, camera that you can go underwater mm. to up to five meters. Can can is shockproof, can go freeze-proof, even minus ten degrees Celsius. Uh, handy camera. But what I liked as well, they had their range of Vio notebooks. Yep. And one that particularly caught my eye was the S series. Right. Now this is uh, a, a d- unusual, uh, unusual little laptop because. It has plastic that it can absorb light. What? Now, it, 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 uh, the best way I can explain it to you is that it looks like... Have you ever have you seen Tron? No. You know the movie Tron? No. And all the characters are sort of glow blue? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like that. Did I, it's the so it's C glowing? series. I think I said the wrong uh, series number before. It's the Vio C series, and it, it's called light-emitting plastic. Why? And what it does, it absorbs 
ambient ultraviolet light through the mm. surface yeah. and creates this glow along the edges. Mm. My son's it's got glow-in-the-dark bed sheets. Is that the same thing? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's quite a quirky device. It's a great, great piece. Great but tell PC me why. Why does it? Why, why do you want it to go? Because it illuminates the keyboard or just out. to be funky? Why do, we, why do you drive a Porsche and I've got a Ferrari? <laughs> because we can't. My wife just sent me a text message saying we need we need milk before the morning. I just went, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I got a Porsche. No, it was interesting, but I think uh, manufacturers are looking at ways to stand out in the in the Windows PC market, especially. No, I think true. this was a real eye catcher, and you know, if you sort of if if you got a, a personality to match the bright colours of these C series PCs, then I think why not? If being the operative word. Alrighty, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Two blokes talking tech. Thanks to Netgear. Uh, two blokes talking tech.com. If you want to get in touch, send us a note. Say good day. Tell us what you think. Are we gibberish or what? Doesn't yeah, matter. We want to hear from you. We That's exactly hear from right. You. Now, we've, we've got a, maybe a minute and a half left. Uh, let's do a quick uh, wrap up. One each, uh, a product each that you've seen in the, in the last week or so. I'm going to tell you yep. about the Jabra. Um, Bluetooth hands-free system. Uh, they've, they've launched two new products this week, both 149.95, I guess, but 150 bucks. One of them is a, one of those in-ear kind of things that you know sticks over your ear, but it's a really stylish design. Um, the whole front of it is a touch interface, so that you you push up with your finger and pull down with your finger, like on an old iPad. Uh, there's no actual buttons to, to, to control the volume. Um, it comes in a. It's called the Stone Two. It comes in a little. Little little bundled ball, which is like a stone, and it pops out of it. And the great thing is that even if that stone is not plugged into USB, it will charge out of the stone any any remaining battery oh. power. Very cool, very good look. So check that out, Jabra. And the other one they launched was the Freeway, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. But essentially, it's one of those visor-mounted ones. Here's what I love, and they, they don't they don't sell it well enough. There's two great features. Firstly. You have it on the visor. You get in the car. It detects using G sensors that you're in the car, and it turns on. Because that's the biggest problem with, with sensors. You forget to turn it off sometimes, don't you? you forget to, they turn themselves off, fine. But you forget to turn them on and you take the call on your mobile. So that's yeah. fantastic. And secondly, you can pair two phones at the same time. So my wife and I can be in the car, both of our phones paired. And here's the thing. I can be on a phone call to Stephen Fennick, talking in the hands-free. My wife's phone can ring. I can put you on hold, Stephen, take her phone call on the same unit. There you go. Stunning. 150 bucks nice. um, from Jabra. Check it out. What do you got, mate? I've got a uh, Garmin. I've got a couple of GPS products. Now, we've all seen GPS on the roads and in our phones, but what about on the golf course? Yes. Garmin have got these two uh, products, the Approach S1 and the Approach G3. So what they've done is they've taken everything they've learned about GPS over the past 20 years Mm -hmm. and put them all into these little devices that you can take out on the golf course with you. And what they've done, they've professionally mapped more than 600 Australian golf courses. Oh, really? Where you go in Australia... You can call up that golf course, and what it does, it presents each hole so you know exactly where all the hazards are, how far away the green is. Uh, you can even pinpoint on the on the device where the, the pin placement is, where the flag is on the green, and it's just one of those products that can give you just that, a couple of extra shots on the golf course. I don't know whether you're a golfer, Trev. I play a little bit of golf, and every shot counts, I, whether I, it's a one-inch I really enjoyed golf for a while, but um, but I just don't have time anymore. But uh, to to have that accuracy and and look, frankly, the thing for me is to just know distance. And if you can pinpoint, uh, you know, the, the the flag and get a distance out of it and kind of Absolutely map your trajectory, right. I think you're you've hit the nail on the head there, Trev. Like that was that was my choosing club choice was a big big thing with oh, me that right. I'd always I'd over I'd over club it. I'd it doesn't do that club. for you, does it? 
Yes, well, it can give you distances from where you're standing. So it plots exactly where you are, and then you can plot distances to the front of the green, to the hazard, so you know exactly mm. what sort of distance you've got, what sort of club you need to carry you to that length. Uh, and, you know, any, any help like that on the golf course, it, it all comes down to that, cutting those shots, getting your handicap down. I think the Garmin, the uh, G3 uh, is $399. That's kind of the, the all-in-one unit that can fit attached to your cart. The mm-hmm. S1 is actually a watch, so it's got all of that uh, inside a small form factor that you wear around your wrist. It's, it's not too bulky either, which is good, and, and that's that? $299. Well, if you're a golfer, you're spending money on kits, so check them out. You'll find them uh, on the web at Garmin. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Mate, the time flies every week, but I love the fact that it's only half an hour, and I think the listeners do too. So we appreciate your feedback, people. Two blokes talking tech. That's it for another week, mate. We'll talk again next week. I'll see you on Friday night. Ferrari versus Porsche. Absolutely. Look forward to it, Trev.